You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, the best-selling author of 10 books, a master certified coach, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I share ideas about creating an even better author career. Ready to reach your writing goals? Let's dive in. Hello, writers. How's your year going? I am feeling so much better. So physically, I got the right medication and finally kicked the bug I've been dealing with. But psychically, I feel a lot better too. Like I said last week, there's really something about a fresh start that can be invigorating and motivating, and I feel ready for a change. In fact, I'm going to say that I already see that change in motion. But today, I want to talk to you about how I've been getting my head back in the writing game. So the title of today's episode, How to Put the Wind Back in Your Sails, comes directly from what I have heard during several conversations with writer friends and clients over the past month, that exact wording. It's been really interesting to hear that repeated. And I'm going to get very real with you for this episode. I am sharing this because the wind was out of my sails for several months there too. I've been open here about having a tough end of 2023. I'd say most of Q4 of last year was pretty sucky. A lot of that was family-related. We had some tragedy, some major health stuff going on with certain family members. But some of it was writing-related, too. So just to backtrack a little bit, I wrote a lot less in 2022 because I was finishing up my master's certification in coaching, and that was really consuming. Now, I did write Good For You, but that was like the world's quickest birth. I say this as someone who had a literal birth that was an hour long with my second child. It was pretty terrifying. This novel was the same way, but not terrifying. I drafted it so fast that it felt like I was channeling it, and it came out in great shape. The draft was very similar to the end result. It didn't need any major editing, and it was really a joy to write. So I thought in 2023, I would have a similar experience with my writing. And I did in some ways, but I did not end the year with a book sale like I thought I would. I wanted to sell a book in 2023, and that did not come to pass. So in April of 2023, I started writing a new book. And that one was also a joy. And that's by design. I don't write things anymore that don't light me up. It's actually how I decide whether or not to pursue a project. I check in with myself and think, do I feel really good while I'm writing this? I want to note that feeling good is not the same thing as having an easy experience. I love ease, but what I'm really looking for is a sense of I'm doing the right thing. This is the right story at the right time. So I wrote this book between April and August, and I took some time to edit it. And after I did that, I sent it to my agent. She read it. She said, I absolutely love this. I have a few suggestions. Will you give it another polish? I didn't tackle it right away because of some of the family stuff I had going on. But when I did, I went all in on it. I'm talking like three to four hours a day, five days a week, sometimes even more of concentrated work for around six to eight weeks. It was a lot. And when I was done, I really felt, well, this is ready to sell. This many books into my career, I'm pretty good at judging where my work is at and knowing if it needs work. Well, my agent read the book and she said, this is very close, but it needs another pass, another edit. I opened her email. I read her suggestions. And I'm going to be honest with you. I thought, I can't. 
I don't have it in me. And I told my agent, I was like, I'm going to have to just let this sit for a while. I have no idea when I will work on it again. I didn't have it in me then. That's the truth. And I'm going to tell you why that was probably the most important thing I could have admitted. If you are tired or weary or just wonder if you should keep doing this, I want to remind you that keeping going doesn't mean continuously going. I think a lot of us, myself included, we really value hard work. If we didn't, we wouldn't be writers. There are a zillion things that are easier to do. In books, novels, nonfiction books, these are the marathon of the writing world. They're not the sprint of turning in a 1,200-word article, which I've done more than a 1,000 times in my career as a journalist. So I, I speak with experience here. They're not even the 5K of, let's say, putting a course module together or writing a speech. They are metaphorical mile after mile at the keyboard. That's what a book is. Then the crazy thing is, after we cross the finish line, we turn around and do it again in edits, usually repeatedly. But it's funny, a lot of times writers forget this. Whether it's on social media, associations we belong to, we're surrounded by other people doing the same work or similar work. Some of whom, let's say if you're in the indie space, they're putting out six, eight, 12 books a year in some cases. They're like the ultra marathoners. Or if you're the kind of person who wants to write a book every couple of years, you very well may be part of online communities where a book a year is the norm. The point is we lose perspective about just the type of work that this business is, how hard it is to write a book. We think, because we're hearing it, I should be able to. Everyone else is. I should just keep going. Side note, everyone is not. That's a skewed perception. We really see what our brain is looking for. And as I've mentioned here before, that's cognitive bias in action. What we're missing is that the elite runner, and yes, the elite writer, takes breaks. They're not always motivated. They don't always feel good. And sometimes they have to stop for a while doesn't mean that there's no future up ahead or they won't cross the finish line. It means they're human. And so are you. So this brings me to the first thing I want you to do if you feel, as I did, that the wind is out of your sails. I want you to ask yourself, what do I need? Notice I didn't say, what does your book need or what does your career need? You, as a person who is worn out enough to say, okay, I'm exhausted. You might even be thinking, it's time to do something else. I should just give this dream up. I hear this a lot when people kind of get burnt out or hit their breaking point. There is a difference between deciding you don't want to do something anymore, right? Some people change their mind. They think, I'm just done with the author business. That's not the same thing as giving up your dream because you're exhausted, because you think it's not doable. I want to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, deep down, you still want to reach your publishing goals, the big ones. So with that in mind, I want you to truly decide what you need right now. We, especially women, are great at asking other people this. What do you need? We are even good at anticipating what they need and providing it for them before they can even ask. But what about you? Do you need a nap? Do you need a break? When I took my own advice, the answer was, I need to rest. I need to not look at this book or even make career plans at this moment. I need to sleep. By the way, sleep is not just restorative physically. For me, it was really helpful in processing grief. So I was not getting up early to edit. 
I wasn't powering through. I wasn't brainstorming about my book in the evening as I often do. Nope, I read some good books. I read Catherine Center's The Bodyguard, really loved that. My friend Catherine Chen had sent me Hilary Mantel's Giving Up the Ghost, her memoir. That was excellent. I watched all three seasons of Slow Horses, and I went to bed early and slept in in the morning. That's what I needed. Could be very different for you. You might need a craft class. You might need a sandwich. You might need boundaries. You might need to pay attention to your needs more than everyone else's. I don't know, but you do. Deep down, you know what you need right now, and I want you to give it to yourself. After you've done that, I want to kind of stay on the wind in the sails theme. I want you to remember that you're the one who's steering the boat. You're in charge here. I say this because often that feeling of defeated, discouraged, can't go on. It's because we feel like things, meaning our career and or our lives, are happening to us and that we have little to no control. It's the opposite of happiness for most human beings. For me, it took my husband looking at me. So we're sitting down, we're eating dinner together. Um, we were out to eat. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you don't have to make any changes to the story that you don't want to. Now, I know that logically, but emotionally, it had not sunk in at that point. It was only after I acknowledged it that my name is on the cover. And in this beautiful age in which you don't have to have a publisher to publish, I have options. And then the pressure was off. And it put the wind back where it needed to be for me. So I want you to ask yourself, where do I have control? What can I focus on? You might even make a point to reconnect with your original vision, whether that's for the book itself or your larger career. Another way to feel better, more motivated, and optimistic is to slow down. I know that may sound counterintuitive because sometimes we're moving really fast when we're excited or hopeful. But if you're not already feeling that way, pushing, rushing, trying to get the thing off your plate, all of that has the opposite effect. It's demotivating. And you end up creating from a place of lack. Now, you may be doing this because our culture has all of these stories, myths, really, about how creating under the gun, I'm quoting um, the literal title of a Harvard Business Review article I read on this, that leads to big breakthroughs. But the research team in the Harvard Business Review article that I read found the opposite. The more time pressure that people feel, the less likely they are to think creatively, and the result is generally subpar work. Now, deadlines can be helpful, but as I've mentioned here in the past, one thing I recommend clients do when they're stuck or stalling is to push the deadline out at the very least. Now, if you have a deadline you can't miss, I'm going to argue that you can ask for more time most of the time if you need it. But these researchers found that turning the project into a mission when the deadline's non-negotiable. Turn it into a mission, explore ideas, and, very interesting, remain as uninterrupted as possible. All of those things can help foster creativity without losing the deadline. So that's just something to keep in mind. I also want you to consider really actively seeking inspiration. For me, I will reread favorite books. So Lori Colwin is a go-to. I also like to skim Jonathan Tropper's This Is Where I Leave You. That was the book um, I really most identified with when I started my fiction career. And I know this may sound weird, but sometimes I even flip through my own books. I like to remind myself, hey, you did this. You can do this and you can do it again. 
I also really believe in creating for creativity's sake. In some cases, this could look like writing something different that you might not ever show to anyone. I had a client write a bunch of poems. She's not a poet. She just wanted to stretch herself creatively and know that it wouldn't be something she would submit somewhere. It might be sketching, knitting, cooking, woodwork, right? There's so many different options. There's something about just playing around and enjoying yourself that helps you reconnect with a part of you that wants to create for other people. The last, I want you to consider surrounding yourself with a community of writers who lift you up. And I don't hear this covered quite as often. I want you to think about who you can lift up to. A lot of times we get our best advice while we're helping someone else. I see this happening in group coaching all the time. Someone will be just kind of commenting on something that another writer said and their face will light up because they just heard themselves and they're like, oh, I solved my own problem. I'm telling you, half the reason I coach is because I love talking about this career with my clients. It's really uplifting to me. And whether they know it or not, my clients are really inspiring to me. In addition to that sort of setting, I personally have three separate writing groups. Two are official, and one is just like the world's longest text thread. And I am active in the Women's Fiction Writers Association. And these are communities where I just feel uplifted. I can be inspired by others. I really um, just get a lot creatively from them. Now, of course, I want you to be mindful of what you're consuming, what you're taking in. The writing groups that I'm in, we get real about the challenges of this business. It's not, you know, everything is roses. But there's also an attitude of, I'm not going to complain unless I'm going to brainstorm with you all on how to fix it. That's a really different way to approach it. And it's different than certain other groups I've been a part of in the past, where it was just so much doom and gloom that this is really funny. I would often find myself questioning my own career, even when it was thriving. Because all I was hearing was, you know, publishing is the worst. It's so impossible. You can't. I'm not. Money's going down, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I would be like, oh, I'm having a great month. Oh, I better give this up. So I had to be really careful about that. And I'm going to encourage you to be careful, too. That's also why I steer clear of certain writing boards, whether they're on Discord, Facebook, Reddit. If I see a lot of negativity and not a lot of brainstorming and solution-oriented thinking, I, I just stay away from it. By the way, on a related note, if you are ready to be a part of a community of committed novelists who will really have your back, applications are open right now for the Career Novelist Mastermind. This is my absolute favorite coaching offer that I have. It's my favorite group. And the writers who participate are truly phenomenal and go on to do amazing things. We are half full right now. So if you're interested, I encourage you to apply. We start in early February and I will include the link in the show notes. All of this is to say, I've had to take a lot of different approaches to put the wind back in my sails. I got the rest that I needed. I filled myself up creatively. I had good, uplifting conversations with writers who get it and who supported me. I supported other writers. And last week, I sat down and started working on my book again. And this time, I don't feel like I can't. I don't have that same feeling I had when I looked at my agent's notes, I don't have that, oh, I can't. I feel like I can. And if I give this book the time and space it needs, the time and space that I need, 
I know that I will. I hope this episode resonated with you and that no matter where you're at in your career, you will stay the course until you find the wind again and head in the direction of your writing dreams. Thanks for listening and happy writing. For more resources on creating an even better author career, including free webinars and the You Should Write a Book newsletter, visit evenbetter.co. That's dot C-O. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. If you already have, thank you. And thanks for tuning in.